0: Hey there, welcome to Better Words. I'm Michelle and I'm from the Unfinished Bookshelf. And I'm Caitlin and I'm just a bookish babe. So, today we are finally back to doing like normal episodes.
1: Yeah, we're recording (laughs) a a little intro
0: um, for, well, to go before
1: an episode but I'm not going to tell you who the guest is because... You should wait to find out. You have to
0: listen to us before you get to the cool people. And also, like, it's probably in the episode description, so... Oh, yeah, like, you know. You anyway. know. <laughs> Whatever. What have you been up to?
1: I have actually been re-watching Glee. Oh, lovely. I don't really know why I started re-watching it. I'm not, like, re-watching it, like, religiously or anything. Pretty much, actually, just on weekends.
0: Are you just doing, like, going from the start, though? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I went from the start. I started a couple of weeks ago... Um I'm in up to season three now. It's just so good. Oh my god. Oh it's so sad though. So like I just want to mention this for for the Gleeks, but oh my god, I had forgotten that this had happened. So obviously we know that Corey Monteith unfortunately
0: died yeah.
1: too soon. Um rest in peace, Corey. But um in the show that was obviously like, not planned. The whole show was pretty much about Rachel and Finn. Yeah. Um, what did they do? In, well, since so this is before, obviously, like, um, at, at, at the start of season three, Finn got Rachel a star for Christmas but named it Finn Hudson because there was already a star on Earth named Rachel Berry. So, Aww. like, then in the show when he has, like, di- I think I remember them. they mentioned it later but I had, like, forgotten when it actually happened or whatever and it was, like... There's a star named 390. <laughs> so sad. It's so sad that there's, like, something like that. That. <laughs> ooh. I <love you>, um, <laughs> That was obviously completely not planned. They didn't kill off his character. The actor died so suddenly sad. and so sadly. It's
0: oh. so sad. On the plus side... <laughs> sorry for the interruption everyone so just to explain I haven't got any fans in my house yet um and so we left the door like the French door open to my study study. slash podcast studio um because it's really hot in Rockhampton and like I have a towel to like keep wiping my face it's the end of November sweating um I miss the UK (laughs) It's so cold, um, and it seems like our neighbors behind us. I was like, Caitlin, hey, it's fine, it's quiet." And then it seems like our neighbors just have some visitors just at the um the right time. So um, we apologize for any interruptions, but it's really hot. Yeah, health and safety reasons, we had to keep the door open. Yes, exactly.
1: Um. Anyway, so Glee. Yeah. No, I just. Oh, it's like I forget. You know, people. Lots of people. You know, I understand the show is not for everybody, Mm. but like watching it back, it is actually so good and like so clever. And like I know this happens with all of our favorite shows. Some of the later seasons aren't as As good, uh, aren't as fantastic. But by then, I loved the characters
0: and the actors so much. I did not care. Yeah, you just keep going. Um, Is Becca in it yet? No. Okay. She arrives in season four, so I'm almost at Becca. So that's Becca Tobin. One one, the lady gang. one third of the Lady Gang. Um, she played which... Kitty Wild in
1: seasons four, five, and six of Glee. Um, so I'm not quite there yet, but I'm
0: so excited. That's so exciting. Yes. I love that girl.
1: Oh, anyway, yeah. so yeah, if you don't know,
0: we're a little bit obsessed with the Lady Gang. Yeah, the Lady Gang.
1: Um, actually, and
0: how I found the Lady Gang. Was, was Becca yeah. and they interviewed Lee michelle in like this third episode or something. And that's is... the one I started with. You told me to start with that one and that's what I started with.
1: Yeah. Well, because I thought at least you would sort of you know, know no. who she was, yeah.
0: so it helped out a
1: bit. Yeah. But, um, yes. So, love the lady game, but what I've actually been currently listening to and obsessed with.
0: Wait, let me guess. Is it Taylor Swift?
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, I... Oh, say whatever you want about Taylor Swift, girl, is smart. Yeah. I actually watched on Gruen last Mm. week. They had a whole episode about Taylor Swift. What, really? Oh, my
0: goodness. I should watch that.
1: I love Gruen. It was so interesting. And, like, I was watching it with my housemate and there was a couple of things that they mentioned that, like, you know, Taylor – you know, all of these different branding things that go with her brand and her changing her brand for reputation and then marketing the album, like all these different things, obviously. But um, they mentioned how she does, like, the special deluxe edition albums at Target in the US. Oh. And we were, like, talking about it like it was whatever. And I was like, she's done that since, like, Speak Now. <laughs> like, yeah. this is not a new thing. Yeah. You know, she's not, you know, all of those different aspects of how she interacts with her fans. Like the secret listening sessions and the deluxe albums and, like, all these things have not changed.
0: That is so cool. Yeah. That is really interesting. Really
1: interesting. Also, everyone keeps talking about different things linking from, like, previous albums. Like, oh. call it what you want is supposedly, like, part two of, like, a love story. She's yeah. not calling it a love story anymore, you know, all these yeah. different things. One thing that I have noticed that I feel like no one is talking about is that look what you made me do. The, no, first, you mean. Yeah. Yeah, the first single, sort of in response to the media-ish, mm-hmm. not quite like Blank Space, but like, like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the sixth song on the album. Yeah. So it was Shake It Off. Shake It Off was the first single. Yeah. So it was like she was all like, oh, shake it off, whatever, and tried to be all okay with it, whatever. And now it's like, oh, look what you made me do.
0: Okay. I just think that's I'm like, gonna pretend I know where ugh. you're going with this, but I'm not a cross yes. tailor, so All right, you know she can do a catchy tune though, I'll give her that. Yeah. That's probably enough of me talking about things <laughs> that no one else analyses as much as I do. So no, it's okay, like <laughs> hello, you put up with my Beatles, rant, So it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Um actually what we have been watching, um, or what I finally finished watching, I know you are a huge fan of as well. I finally finished season three of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yes It's oh, so clever Can we just tw- Okay so The Lemonade Parody oh, That was amazing. Oh, amazing That was amazing So good I loved it. Did you get the Chandler re- Like when they did The Chandler reference too And Kimmy was like Could you be this And then they were like Oh Chandler Kimmy that's low I was like Oh Caitlin would love that I was yeah. always going to text you Yesterday when yeah, I watched Yeah she it. has all
1: these Like 90s references obviously Because that's
0: yeah. like All the culture she knows Yeah, yeah It's yeah. really fun Oh I loved it, it The so Lemonade good. thing was so good I was so sad I was though like, Oh I'm <laughs> <laughs> um can, uh, i don't want to do any spoilers but um what happened with oh my god i can't even remember her name blonde what's her name the rich one oh jacqueline jacqueline that's right what happened with her at the end i was actually really sad about but like like go you girl but also a bit sad i love jacqueline i actually love her now like i always love her I she's so, she like poetic. she's so misguided but like you can tell her heart's in the right place yeah. <laughs> um but yeah love Kimmy Schmidt I is there going to be a fourth season I have no idea I hope so it's so smart I love it
1: it's, it is
0: yeah it's very smart it's very contemporary it's very
1: silly yeah like I remember one time I think I've said this before probably when I was watching the third season um I was watching it with my brother and my dad came in and he was like you know all of like the random things that all those characters
0: say yeah he was just like
1: what are you watching and I didn't even know how to explain it because yeah, like how it's do so you weird explain Kimmy
0: Schmidt? but it's great it um is, the yeah. other thing I found I'm not like quite sold on yet but I heard about it on my favorite murder and that is Toast of London never heard of it tell me about it um I. it's kind of weird like I don't even know what okay so he's like an actor I think but he's just really weird it's the the main guy is the he was the boss on the IT crowd. So people will know him from there, like a suit. Chris O'Dowd, is he the boss? No, he, no, they, they, that, he was in the IT crowd. Oh, like a different but, character. Oh, yeah, okay, like sorry. this was the boss of the company Right in the right. IT crowd. Um so Chris O'Dowd was the
1: first person. Yeah. I
0: of, you know. um, so he, it was funny though because now I've watched him so much and, like, since I introduced Jack to the IT crowd, bless him, he has just, I, I he watches it over and over and over Mm -hmm. again like I come out and like are you watching this again like I love it it's great Mm. but since I've watched this guy be the boss in that like I can't picture him as any other character and I guess his character is sort of like he's it's just a weird show but Jack and I like strangely intrigued by it we started it together and then I was just like this is so bizarre Mm. but I had
1: that really have weird? You seen that show on Netflix, I would I doubt you would have watched it, but there was a show on Netflix. It was released a couple of months ago. It's like Friends from College. Yeah. That's I remember something. you telling me not to
0: bother watching it because I wouldn't like it. Yeah,
1: no, you won't like it. But and to be honest, I don't think I did. Yeah.
0: But I watched it all the way through. And like yeah. if they
1: made a second season, I would watch, watch it, it. Because I was just like it was it was intriguing, yeah. is the
0: right word. Because
1: they were all horrible people, but they were just like I
0: don't know, the way they were treating each other and everything. I guess this is the same as the IT crowd. Um, No, no, the IT crowd's good. Oh, the IT crowd is brilliant, but the stuff that happens in it is just like the most bizarre shit ever. Hmm. And I think Toast of London is sort of the same. It's just like bizarre situations that are totally out of the everyday. But with the – and I think it took me a while to warm up to the IT crowd, but it's still – I'm not sold on Toast of London, so I'll have to get back to you and let you know okay. a few more episodes. Um, the other thing that I'm currently still obsessed with and have been watching throughout my holiday and everything, I started it on holiday, is The Crown. I haven't watched that so yet. Finally, I finally watched it and I, I love really it so to. much. It's gorgeous. You should watch it before the second season comes out on the 8th of December, <laughs> <laughs> which is your birthday. Yes, um, so you should definitely watch it. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's Speaking of that, right boy, thing. I think is her name. Um, is amazing as Elizabeth. Love it. Oh, so Yeah, I heard I've heard nothing but good things. I just somehow watched. Oh, oh, and you know Jules and Sarah, which I love. Yeah, Jules did the spray tans for the the actors on. what i know (laughs) that's so cool global spray tanning company so jules one hat did all the spray tans he was talking about on the
1: podcast i was like oh that's so cool what spray tans would they need to be british well they're just pale
0: no no no. excuse me apologize to our british listeners please but like there are plenty of pale australians caitlin um me but no no um prince philip that came from the greek islands and they lived in malta for a while so it in the first few episodes they have to be all like look like they've lived in Malta for a while okay, fair so but but okay. when, when when I say fake that. tan I don't mean like the only way is Essex fake tan I just mean like it's a subtle like that's why he's yeah. a professional because it's just yeah. like a healthy glow I know yeah but like I didn't that is the when reaction you said that you... is the reaction Sarah had as well on Jules and Sarah she was yeah. like what <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it makes sense when you watch the show. You'll see he has to look like he's been out in the sun and yeah. um, obviously you know, been holidaying. Yeah, like yeah, he's and has up. like grown up on a Greek island and all that sort of stuff. So you can't really tell. It's not like he's there, like being like a cheese puff, Prince Philip. Like, no. yeah, <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. Oh, Fun fact: you. My dad met the Queen and Prince Philip. Really? Yeah, at Expo eighty eight. Cool. I know. He spoke to them. His dad had a. um... A senate tie on, and Prince Philip was like, "Is that the? Does that mean you're a senator?" And Dad was like, "No, no, I'm just wearing this tie." But like Prince Philip knew, and Dad's always like, "Oh, he's so knowledgeable on all the different symbols and stuff that he would know that that's a tie for a senator and all that." Oh,
1: that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Did you see that um, the Queen made Prince Philip a knight for their 70th wedding anniversary? <laughs> <gasps> um, but Tony Abbott already made him one, so like, why <laughs> didn't he <know> make one? <laughs>
1: Oh yes. my gosh, no, so I didn't see that.
0: I didn't so see rich. that. Although he wouldn't be Sir Princeville, because that's two like titles. And, yeah, no, okay. so, so I think top. Sir is like lower than I don't know. I don't really I don't understand know. the British hierarchy. Anyway, I mean this it, show is
1: something about that anniversary, anniversary night.
0: Anyway, this show is yeah. brilliant. I get the hype. It's so good. Watch it. I love it. Mm. I'm so into it. It's got all this political intrigue as well as all the um like royal collection yeah the royal drama but then like all the drama of like the abdication well the abdication isn't in it because her father is already king when the show starts but um is it Edward anyway his brother comes back with like for for funerals and stuff and it's like the tension between him having left for Mm -hmm. Wallace Simpson and it's really fascinating it's so good I have found a history of it so fascinating because there was obviously I, I didn't a lot even know that Winston happened. Churchill was Prime Minister twice. Ah, oh, neither did I. Yeah, he came back and that's what that's where he's in the show.
1: Oh, that's cool. Mm.
0: But yeah, I mean obviously there's like a lot that happened there.
1: And obviously there's a lot of that has happened with mm-hmm. our since, but like there was so much that happened there that somehow, you know I mean Queen has been Queen for like what, what? sixty
0: five what are we up to? She I can't this, remember.
1: She was it was sixty a couple of years ago. So she's yeah. probably nearly
0: 65 years on the throne. Yeah. yeah. She's amazing for that. No, like I the know. longevity of that is insane. Incredible. Like I'm amazing for that. I yeah. Know. Yeah. I know. No. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> have you been reading anything? Because I still have not been with the movie. Oh, I've like, I don't think I've picked up a book in days, which is yeah. so sad.
1: I finished um The Start of Me and You by Emily. On oh, um, Tuesday last week. This week. Yeah. By the time it was gonna be last week. And <laughs> no, um it was I wasn't expecting this of course this always happens. I wasn't expecting to completely love it this much. I thought it was gonna be like a you know, like a light Like an okay, like yeah, okay, I like it. Like but. an okay light contemporary read, and it was so good. Like at the very end when like the two came. Villa, which I hope is not a spoiler because it's like a YA contemporary. They get together, guys. Um, it's how they get there, which is the yeah. bit that matters. Yeah. But um, yes, I, like a very very sweet bit at the very end, I like read through and like kept reading to like finish the book, and then like went back and read bill all again.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> so, so cute. It was so sweet. I think though that when you go into books with a kind of low expectation, you have better. Yeah. And, that's why I don't read blurbs. I mean, we've linked it yeah. multiple times in our newsletter, but um, I've done posts on why I don't read blurbs because it gives you an expectation for the book. And I think that, in, like, if you go in with no expectations, you might really enjoy a book that otherwise you might have thought, I'm going to love it so much. And then if it doesn't meet those expectations, yeah. it's a disappointment. Whereas if you go in with none, then anything is good. Yeah.
1: I mean, I thought I was going to like
0: it. I... Did you think Emory Lord, you know, I've heard her name,
1: we've seen those ones. She also has written what's it called When We Collided and like I another seen one. The colour, yeah, you know, yeah. We've seen She's familiar. Too. All those beautiful colors, you know, we've seen we've seen them. And um, I just wasn't sure if it was going to like live up. I tried not to have too much expectations mm. about it. Usually with books like that, I'm like I'm probably not going to love it as every other freaking <laughs> blogger has. Yeah. But yeah. That's why I haven't read John Green's new book because I think I'm past it. I don't yeah. i read
0: it, but yeah. Um, so before we go on to our really exciting interview with our special guest, which is obviously all about books, um, we just wanted to let you guys know that um, we do have a weekly newsletter um, where we give you a little taster of what we've been reading because sometimes by the time we get down to record this, we might be talking about stuff we read a few months ago oh, over the next few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, over the next few weeks I'll be talking about some things I read on my holiday and obviously that's a while ago now. So if you yeah. want to be up to date with what we are doing at the moment and what we're reading and loving right now, yes. sign up for our newsletter and the you get newsletter the newsletter is current. It's usually put together the night before. So it's very current. <laughs> it's very current. <laughs> um, and it's just a really little shot of what we're reading and watching this weekend. as um, as well as links sorry, this it, week. yeah.
1: As well as links to everything you need, like our show notes on our website, our respective blogs, all of our social media links um, are all in there. So it's really, we're just like handing you everything on a simple <laughs> All you have to do is go to our website,
0: betterwordspodcast.com and sign up. There's a little thing in there. And if we're reading something or watching something that you love as well, like do tweet us or flick us a message or DM on Instagram or anything. We'd love to hear from you guys what you guys are reading and loving at the moment, um, because that makes it all more fun for us. So enough talking from us. Here's the episode, um, the interview rather, and we hope you really enjoy it. This week's guest was a social media and digital specialist at one of our favourite bookstores, Dimmicks, and has just returned to the publishing industry as a product executive at Hachette. She's worked at bookshops during uni and worked in publishing before joining the Dimmicks team. She also blogs at My Cup and Chaucer, which we love a punny name. Welcome to Better Words to Neil. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's so weird hearing a little spiel about
1: my job. <laughs> <laughs> That's all We've right. got to, you know, introduce you properly. Thanks for yeah. joining us. No, no worries. It's lovely to talk to you. One thing I do want to ask you about is um, I'm actually in social media as well. I'm a social media officer, and I want to ask you what kind of things did you have to do in like your day-to-day role when you were when you were working at Dimmix? Right. So um, over the past three years, if you have ever sent the main
2: Dimmicks Books um, Facebook account or Twitter account or Instagram account a message, I've been the one responding to it, um, which has been pretty amazing that's cool. Um, so I got to, I guess, put out all of the content across those three channels, um, and we, we have Pinterest and LinkedIn and a couple of other ones as well, but I guess those first three are like the primary ones that we yeah. used. Um, and I also put content up on the blog, which was really fun, and I hosted the Timics podcast, which, you know, you think that after doing that for a while and have experience, but I'm actually quite nervous about talking
1: to you around, <laughs> Wow. Um, I'm sure you probably have more yeah. podcast experience than we do. <laughs> it's still like every
2: time you do it, it's nerve wracking because I guess, like, you know, you never know what someone's going to say. Um, and I've interviewed authors, and some of them, um, they have a lot to say, and you're just like, oh, okay, this is going in a very different direction from yeah. what I
1: imagined it would. <laughs> we've kind of found that too with a few people that we've spoken with. But um, who was your favourite person to interview? Oh,
0: that's so
2: tricky. Probably um, my favourite person. I think we ended up at four or five podcasts together. Yeah, is Rachel Johns, the rural romance
0: author from WA. Oh, yeah. cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, rural romance Which, is oh, such a huge so following, like, isn't it? It's so captivating. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: yeah.
2: Rachel, um, she actually writes, she writes two books a year. She does wow. a rural romance earlier in the year, and then later on in the year she started to kind of write. I think she calls it Life Lit, and it's sort of like um, these heavy-hitting and all kind of topics, and there's a little bit of romance in them as well. But um, yeah, there's the most recent one talks about people who can't have children, and so
1: she kind of oh, yeah. really contemporary issues into the books. And so um, yeah, she's amazing.
0: I love Rachel. So I think that we probably had the most fun together. <laughs> oh Wow, amazing. that is an incredible amount of work to like output each year two books. Yeah, that's amazing. I don't know, I don't know how she does <laughs> it.
1: Well, even I'm just thinking that your job at Dimmick's must have been a lot of work as well. It's a lot of social media channels. Obviously, there'll be very big social media channels Ooh. for Dimmick's Sydney. Um, and, oh my God, yeah, there's so much That's, work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah being <laughs> it's a national
0: company. Though. I mean, like, I guess if you guys follow me personally, you know mm. how much I love books. So <laughs> it was kind of like a perfect job. Um, but yeah. I think there is.
1: Your day, but I promise you that's not true I wish it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I know I think that's one thing I've found um especially in my role you know other people it's probably a bit different um depending on where you work but um other people at my company are sort of like so you know they don't quite know everything that I do you know like they don't realize that you know there's like strategies and plans and promotional plans and things all these different things that go into social media and it's like I'm not just posting on Facebook when we have morning oh tea gosh. or whatever you know like I'm <laughs> yeah. not just doing it randomly I started, yeah no, no i sorry to cut you off but, no, but right. when I first started my mum was like so you'll just be sitting on Facebook all day I'm like no mum that's, that's no. it's <laughs> <that's laughs> so much more than that exactly yeah so for the Dimmick's blog did you have to write a lot of those or was it other staff curated content as well it was probably a mix of things so mm. um I guess naturally
2: and everyone reads a lot and it's, yeah. true. it's not at work um, <laughs> so we, I like to get people's opinions on, on what they're reading because we've got a lot of people in the head office or we did when I was there um, Who they just read so widely like we have got people who read basically exclusively YA and then sci-fi and um, horror or crime and so it was really great being able to kind of pull everyone's um, I guess diverse reading interests together and yeah. say here's a book coming out in August that you may not have heard about um that was really fun and we also got some Q&A and blog post, like
1: text posts from
2: authors oh yeah that was always really nice to give people sort of a bit of a, a deeper look into the minds of
0: their favourite authors yeah that's awesome was it hard to resist temptation with all the new books like you're promoting oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, my god! So cool. You'll have to send us a photo so we can show everyone. Because I'm pretty sure I've messaged you once from your Instagram story, just being like, "Oh my goodness, your shelves are incredible!" So yeah. you'll have to, you'll have to let us know, like send us a pic so we can put it up for people to see because it's so cool. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I
1: know. I, I think I really want to do that, just like for everyone else. Because like we said, we sort of mentioned this before we started recording. But um, me, Caitlin, I'm looking at sort of moving um, in the near future. Hopefully, I will have been you know living somewhere different by the time this airs but um if I end up with an extra bedroom guess what that's our library and podcast studio <laughs> so
0: yeah I mean um, I've always loved having a bookshelf in my bedroom and um obviously since I started blogging the books have expanded to the lounge room <laughs> and the dining room and you know because I kind of I still live with my dad I'm I've have most of my stuff in my room anyway it's not as spread out as I would if I was living by myself but um I think a book like bookshelves make a home feel like a home like I've always thought that and whenever I go to interview someone and I have to go to their house if they have a bookshelf I'm totally scoping it out
1: I look at everyone's bookshelves
0: yeah even even if it's even if they've only got dvds same thing like I want to see what you like watching
1: exactly I want to see the same things exactly
0: yeah, I do that so all the time. I
2: completely get it. And, like, the one half of the third room in the house um, is my books, but the other side of the room is my partner's
1: books. And so um, when we have people
2: over they kind of just, like, wander into the room and we're like, it's <laughs> fine. you drink in half an hour, you'll
1: be a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just look at all that. yeah. I know, I'm pretty sure it's been, like, my dream my whole life to have, like, a library in my mm. house. So, yeah.
0: And I, my dream dream is, like, library but also with one of those cute little window seat nook things. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so cute. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. We're cha-cha. getting so off topic.
1: So <laughs> tell us about working in the publishing industry. You worked in the publishing industry a couple of years ago and you've just moved back. How come you want like, why did you want to start working in that space again, you know, move away from social media? And marketing. I think, yeah, I I started in publishing in Brisbane um, and I absolutely loved it and I moved to Sydney to work in publishing
0: and that was always sort of my plan um, uh-huh. and then the DMX job popped up and I was like, well, this isn't part of the plan, but like, holy heck, how yeah, could I not apply for this yeah. job? Yeah, I
1: reckon. I know, I've been sitting here and this so, whole time like, okay, next dream job. How, how can, can I get this? Yeah.
0: yeah. How can I? <laughs> is your position filled yet, Danielle? <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: but, yeah, I, I just, I love, and this is going to sound so, um, I guess, it's slightly pretentious, but it's also perfect for the job I've just come into. I love being the first to know about a book. Um, mm, yeah. And, you know, to have that kind of, I guess, insider knowledge to be like, well, in 18 months time, when this book comes out, because the publishing houses work is so far in advance, um, mm know what's coming and it's impossible not to get excited and thrilled by like knowing your friend who reads I don't know I suppose um psychological thrillers they're going to read this amazing one in about a year's time um
1: but I guess yeah that would be really exciting actually (laughs) probably feels like they're keeping secrets but then the hard
2: part is when people are like oh I just read this amazing book and you forget what month it is and you've got no idea what's in and what's out um Mm. so I guess that that's like the blogging of things helps keep me reminded of what's actually out at the moment, because it's kind of rude to be like, oh, I'm reading the best book,
1: but you can't read it, <laughs> <Yeah>. and <2019 laughs> yeah. like, way to make people, like, feel really bad about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's really funny. That yeah. would be a bit mean, actually. It would be, but it's great to be back, and um, I
2: love what Hachette are doing. They've published some really great books over the yeah. last few years, um, and they're just so exciting, so I'm really
0: Oh, yeah, and also they have the coolest read bookshelves in their office oh so God, I visited once yeah. in Sydney which we'll put a photo up um and they yeah they spell out read and they've got books on them and they're yeah, so cool that's really and cool and they're color-coded yeah I it's love so awesome cool. shaped
1: bookshelves like that yeah. you know like I see some people have like
0: circular ones and I'm like that's mm. awesome yeah
1: I only have like straight like let's be honest it would be a bit hard
0: for my bookshelf OCD though like yeah. <laughs> no, it would that would st- stress me. Anyway, um, so, Tennille, can you, like, kind of talk us through a bit how you go about actually marketing a new book? So you've got a new book, especially if it's, like, a debut author and, you know, no one's ever heard of it. How do you go about deciding how you're going to promote it and build that excitement when, like, for the year or whatever that leading up to the publication date? That's a really interesting question and I guess probably one of the best examples
2: involved in the publicity and marketing of it from the publishing side of the house, but it was a book that came out, um, I think it was last year, The Dry by Jane Harper. I think everyone's heard of this book.
0: Mm -hmm. um, Did she write The Choke as well? No, that's Sophie Laguna. Oh, gosh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. I was like, this feels like a great series name, doesn't it? (laughs)
1: That's all right, keep going. So Jane won the, um, I think it was the Victorian prize for an unpublished manuscript for this book and Panic Millen picked it up and I remember, um, it was before, just before Christmas 2015 I guess one of the other perks of working for Jimmy's was that we did get um, books in advance publishers and out reading copies and stuff and that was, that was very amazing um, but I remember getting this book on my desk and it was just this red unassuming an book and it said on the front the best book of 2016 and I was like well that is a wildly outrageous claim. <laughs> yeah. 2015." yeah yeah. It kind of, of is, yeah. They just, they built this massive buzz around this book, and I felt I like by the time it finally came out, um, midway
2: through 2016, everyone was talking about it. Um, barely anyone had read it, but everyone was thinking, oh, that's the book you have to read, and people were like, why? And they're like, oh, I have no idea, you have to read it, yeah. just trust
1: me. this that's is the amazing. must-read book of the year. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think there's so many different elements
2: um, social media helps. I like I uh, get a lot of my book recommendations
1: from Instagram. Yeah. Um, certainly.
2: Yeah. The, yeah, I mean it's one of the best places to go to. Um, I trust a lot of people on there with probably more than I trust the people in real life, which goes to the
1: say <laughs> their recommendations. Yeah. Um, but I just I I think in terms of making something out of someone that no one knew
2: anything about, they just like going to be absolutely incredible and i think the dry has gone on to win a whole bunch of awards and it's now out overseas and getting a lot of praise um i was lucky enough to go to the states earlier this year and i remember walking into a few bookstores and seeing the dry on shelves there and every single shop that i saw it on had like a our staff love this like a recommendation review
1: from a staff member i love when they do that in bookshops the staff recommendation
0: but also so dangerous to your wallet. (laughs) yes Oh yep, definitely. Us about it, we both bought thirteen books each back from Brisbane when we visited. Yeah, and oh that gosh, was a, That
1: was a bit too many, but I don't regret it.
0: It was alright. We we managed in the airport just,
1: <laughs> just. Do you find that like if
2: you know
0: that you, like one of you's buying a book, the other won't, and they'll be like, oh, will you buy that one, and I buy this one, and then we can swap them. We've done that a couple of we times, have done that. but the one that we both the we both one bought take, take three, three girls. Yeah. That was actually yeah, the only one we bought that was the same because we
1: do obviously both really want to read that one. Um, no, I mean, we obviously, like we've said, we live near each other and everything. We swap books all the time. Michelle has had A Thousand Splendid Sons on her bookshelf that she borrowed from me for like half the year. <laughs> she hasn't read it
0: yet. Story of my life. Thing is life. You know exactly. Like, you borrow a book from someone and they're
1: like, are you going to read it now? And
2: you're like, no, sorry. Um, I'll probably read it in about
0: six months. Five. Yeah, yeah. I know. I've already taken photos of it for Instagram, so I'll have to read it sometime. (laughs) Oh, Um, anyway.
1: So, you mentioned that you were in the States. You went to BEA, didn't you? I did, yeah. Um, Not to – so, I went to Book Expo, not Book Con, which is a different thing that happens.
2: Yeah, that was just – it was my first time in the States. Oh,
1: that's exciting. Just kind of.
0: Uh, I was stalking your snaps. It was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like you had an amazing time. Well, we decided
2: instead of getting roaming for um, our Australian mobile providers that we would just get SIM cards for the smartphones while we were over there, Yeah.
1: Um, which actually ended
2: up being way cheaper.
1: And yeah, I could
0: Instagram the whole story <laughs> and
1: the whole thing, the whole trip. It was so good. That's good. I'm sure everyone appreciated that. I know yeah. I mean, Michelle obviously. Yes, did. it
0: was so good. Right. So um, tell,
1: tell us a bit about it, though. What you know, so, kind of things did you get to do at BEA? BA? Um, I guess what they've
2: tried to do over the past couple of years is they've tried to separate um, the Book Expo and the Book Con, and so they mm-hmm. kind of make the Book Expo for publishers and publishing people and librarians
0: and teachers and booksellers, and the Book Con is for the bloggers and the Yeah. Book because I feel like um, it, it kind of probably exploded a few years ago when I started seeing all these bloggers going to it, and I suppose that wasn't always the case, it's mm, only grown probably. as blogging it, has grown. Exactly,
1: and it wouldn't have always been the intention of the event yeah, either. So. Yeah,
0: that's exactly, really cool. Yeah, um, and some of it, they had gone to BookCon, and I'm in that organization now where I don't actually who they were but
2: they were amazing Because so I know that at one point they had um, Dan Brown was meant to be going and he actually ended up pulling out this is a terrible example but he was Aww. like that's the kind of big name
0: caliber of people that they have there um, yeah. Rayburn
1: Rao was there and
2: really popular oh, okay. young adult or, and mm. so amazing um, mm. but with Book Expo, yeah they have definitely tried to shift the focus back to being for um, I guess industry professionals which is good and bad because the crowd is different um so overwhelming. that um, was towards the end of our trip and by the end of it
1: like
2: I was so tired. Yeah. <laughs> we spend um, we spend a lot of time in selecting um oh, cool. a couple of the ones I think off the top of my head, but you kind of then end up with this insane schedule of being like, Cool, so I'm picking up this book here at two o'clock and then I'm going to be at 3 by two thirty and then up at the next one by three and wow. um that's hectic. <laughs> <laughs>
1: God, that does sound
2: yeah. really hectic. Yeah. But it's amazing. I mean you get to hear about so many books and um the best part now I guess is that some of them are starting to come out in Australia. So in September um, a new book came out called My Absolute Darling by Gabriel mm-hmm. Um And we heard about that at Book Expo, and I remember how excited everyone
0: was there. And so it's kind of fun seeing that sort of loop around now. Now it's out of stores and Australian readers are loving it. And yeah, it was really fun to see that. Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> so yeah. um, you kind of have a unique, oh, a bit of a unique perspective, because obviously like working from the publishing, marketing side of things, but also from like, at social media, marketing side of things. How big of a role do you see social media, um, and especially like you know influencers, like bloggers, Instagrammers, YouTubers, and stuff? How big of a role do you see them playing in the publishing industry in the future? And how has that changed even during your time working in the industry?
2: It's really significant.
0: Um, I remember there was a time academics. I think mean, it was last no, year. I am not remember. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, it just goes so <laughs> fast <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I don't remember um, but no, I remember seeing a spike on our website searches for a particular book and it just came out of a book that was about two or three years old and there was no read
2: and it hadn't been short for an award, there was something we could think about why it would be picking up um, and I love In, oh. in her vlog, she was like, right, oh, I'm reading this book. And then all of a sudden, you know, we saw, like, this huge spike in searches for it. And I
1: wow, thought, that's, that's really interesting. interesting. That's, um, like, obviously a direct response to that. Yeah. And you don't hear about that kind of effect that often, I don't think. So that's really no, interesting. No,
2: definitely not. And then not long after that, um, Waterstones, the main book retailer in the UK, obviously picked up on that as well because they introduced the Zoelle Book Club. Yeah. Um, and it was. Um, um, and every single one of them was in our collection for a couple of days after the piece went out. you're just like, yeah. how, how can one person
0: have so much like, influence? That's, That's amazing. amazing. Yeah. And actually what I love with that Zoella campaign in particular is that then Waterstones were very clever in, when they introduced the book club, they then introduced special like Zoella book club covers which were, like, special edition covers, which was such a clever marketing move, I think. And I
1: mean, it is really clever. It's yeah. kind of the same thing that we've been saying. It's, like, all these new editions of Harry Potter. It's, Ooh. like, how many do you oh want me God. to own?
0: Because, of course, I will buy yeah. them. And then, like, obviously that gets people in. But then if, because if, I think, I feel like, Fangirl was one of them. But I definitely know Beautiful Broken Things by Sarah Bernard or Sarah Bernard was on the list. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Fangirl was on there too. So, but yeah, Fangirl there are lots a of, of different colors. And there are lots of people who, who love Fangirl and will collect that because it's a new edition. Yeah. Um, so it, that was a really... Move, but Even on their the, part, very clever. This is
1: another book that I've recommended to Michelle that she hasn't read. I have a copy of Fangirl, just on the which is the original like mint green, but mm. then I bought it for Michelle for Christmas like the same year, and I could only get like the pale yellow colour. Mm-hmm. So, different. Yeah. 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 I think they've got like, like three or four versions of Fangirl, mm. I think. Yeah. I'm honest, like, caveat, yeah. but, um the way that some people collect
2: different editions of books absolutely fascinates me
1: um yeah. so probably the, the number one australian
2: author i can think of that happening with is Jay Christoph and like if Never
1: the night series yeah mm-hmm. they like there are people out there
2: who have these photos and they've got every um reading copy that was available and like every hardback and every paperback and i end up with
1: like 10 copies of the same book because they're all different and i'm just like i look at them and i think like i applaud your commitment yeah like, your yeah. dedication I'm, like and even copies of the one book. <laughs> I know yeah. the only the only books here, like We're books that I can really this. allow yeah. myself to do that with is Harry Potter and yeah. I'm I think I am up to about six editions of Philosopher's Stone, unfortunately. <laughs> so
0: yeah, and at least
1: two of every other one. Mm. I
0: guess the
1: other thing with
2: um, social media playing a role in books, um, I guess the sales. Of earlier that we get all of our recommendations
1: for books from Instagram yeah, most of them um, and I just find that you know a long time ago maybe even not that long ago people would pull out like their Sunday paper or something for their book recommendations but I mean yeah. we probably trust bloggers and
2: Instagrammers and stuff like that way more now with
1: yeah. them. you
2: know well, you kind of find someone with same reading interests of you and you're like alright
1: cool I'm latching onto you and reading the reading you yeah, yeah yes. exactly someone who you've got similar tastes to
0: The other thing about Instagram um, is it makes me want to find particular covers because I want nice covers for photos. So one really good example was like um, Graham Norton's new book, Holding. I found that in – we were searching for books in Brisbane and I found – copy in Dimmicks and it was like the larger trade paperback size and it wasn't the cover that I'd seen on Goodreads and I didn't really love it so I was like oh no I'll put it back and then we were in another bookshop and I found the smaller UK edition and I was like oh I'm gonna get that because it was a really nice illustrated cover and it was just like I mean I think I've still had that I I still would have had that preference I think anyway without Instagram but I think I definitely see it more
1: yeah amplified different covers a lot more yeah
0: (laughs) My yeah. brother
1: actually, um, my younger brother has been reading the I Am Number Four series, and he had the first one, which is like a movie edition. And then for his birthday last year, I bought him the like the next two in the series. I forget. I think it's like fall of the rise of six and the fall of nine or something like that. I yeah, can't remember yeah. what they're called. But um, and we actually just got a QBD bookstore in Rockhampton, and the first thing that he told me because he he's went, he been there already, I haven't made it yet, but he was like, I found the rest of the I'm Number 4 series, and he was like, and they're the same covers of the ones that you bought me, and he's like, so my series will match, and I was like, that's awesome. Oh I God, raised you so right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I've taught him well <laughs> about books. Yeah. But it can be so frustrating when you start reading a series. Like, I think I saw someone on um,
2: Twitter talking about this the other day. I think it was the Cassandra Clare series, and... You know, it's been out for a
1: long time, um, but if you're reading her kind of spin-off series, some, um, oh gosh, I can't think of the name Oh, the um, Lady like Midnight, lady Midnight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, They're
2: they look different, added, don't they? They do, and there is a big trade paperback, but if you started reading the series maybe like a year ago and you bought them online in a smaller, smaller format, you're trying to
0: match them up together and people are just like... I don't, I don't want to read them like this. Well, and I know. And I, I we've talked that about happens. that before, even not with series, but just with very popular authors like Jodie Picou. Yeah. Hearn or um, your or, yeah. I back ahead and... or the one that's just happened with me because I'm starting to buy her books. I've listened to them all on audio is Kate Morton. Yeah. So I have, like, right. her newest release I got at the time in the large trade paperback, but then since then they're all, like, the smaller sizes. So I'll have to, like... Hmm. It'll be like the odd one
2: out. Yeah. No, but as like I can totally see both sides back because we're looking after like, oh, we've had this author on our list for like ten or twelve years. Let's re jacket the books
1: and try to reach a new market and from that sense it makes perfect like that part of the It does. Yeah, you reach a new audience. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like
0: I want everything to match It's most (laughs) frustrating when they do it mid series. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, Absolutely.
1: in the case of, like, the like the brand-new Monica McIherney covers, like, they're gorgeous and, you know, her... Like, my mum's read all of her books and, you know, we own a lot of them and, yeah, like, a lot of them are pretty old and we've got different sizes and everything. So I do appreciate the fact that Monica McIherney, with these new releases, you know, people might, like, be tricked into thinking that it's, like, a new book and they'll, you know, she'll reach some newer audiences. But... At the same time, it's like yeah, they won't match. And I'm sorry, <laughs> the matching just bugs me.
0: Um, Neil do you think there's anything that Australian publishing houses um, can kind of learn from you know those in Britain or in um, the US? I don't know, I think Australians are doing some really cool, unique things, and I think everyone's doing the same sort of thing in that we're really focusing on our own stories, and um, I think you don't know, see that in many other categories of books as much as you do Young adults, everyone's kind of trying to mm. just being inclusive and
2: diverse, and that's awesome. I mean,
1: I personally wish Australian publishing houses would make more, print more hardbacks. Um, yeah, so I, that's my preference. I think that's just one of those things that's like books are more expensive here, aren't they? Like when you sort of compare. They are. So, yeah. Yeah, but and I guess you know, when you're overseas and uh, you know the first the, the new book from John Grisham and you
2: know that you're probably going to have about 600,000 Americans go out to read it and buy it you can justify the cost of a hardback print run but I mean we just don't have the same
1: um the same readership here and no also, we don't yeah we so many um but I guess the printing costs are cheaper open there as well because the printers can handle the demand and I just I, I know all of these things and yet you know when I was walking and tallying up how much my back was in a way and how much I wanted to bring back more hardback Like, gosh, I wish there was an easier way to do this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it is interesting actually. I think Americans do end up, and you know, in Britain, that they end up with more hardbacks. I feel like I noticed that a lot, you know, when comparing, you know, even like bookshelf pictures and like new book pictures and that, comparing Australian bloggers to American or British bloggers. Yeah, I feel like, general, like generally, we all own less hardbacks. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, even some people i follow I've seen them getting reading copies or ARCs, as some people call them, in, in hardbacks, and you're like, What's what? What? yeah. money on a hardback purse. That's amazing. <laughs> wow, yeah, I know. I don't even
0: think that would be a thing here. <laughs> so we waste hardback right. on a proof. <laughs> wow. Unless um, <laughs> it's like the most special book ever in LA put all of our money behind this one. Wow. <laughs> you yeah. You have
1: to be pretty special for that, I
0: think. That's crazy. <laughs> um, so let's talk about, you know, your blog and stuff outside work as well. Um, how did you get into blogging and do you ever kind of feel like it's too much like your day job? <laughs> um, I, I worked at a gimmick store in
2: Brisbane when I was going through uni and when I finally left there, literally like... Such a couple of days before I started at my that's real adult job. Um, they were like, Don't you wanna write the Um <laughs> I I really missed it and I worked with the Queensland government for two years. That's my only sort of non publishing, non bookish time of my like I guess full time working life. Yeah, and Korea. I think I was probably <laughs> career if you use the word. <laughs> um I missed the book so much and so I decided I was like I'm gonna Start a blog, and that way I can kind of keep in touch with the industry and see what's coming. Um, and so I actually started on good old look spot, um <laughs> a, book, a book review blog called The Crime Files because at that point in time I was like, I'm only ever going to read crime. Um, <laughs> love it. It was so bad. <laughs>
0: it, was, it was so bad. Um, and I think after about a year of doing that, I completely exhausted myself on reading crime.
2: Um, I was, um, I remember spending a couple of days at the state library with my.
1: Actually, that's oh a good God. point yeah you have yeah. you know your own voice I mean I think that's the reason why we all start blogs isn't it you know you want to have yeah. your own opinions and talk about what you want and
0: and share know, that with other people yeah as well yeah and I don't I've never made any money off my cup and chaucer um, primarily because like, yeah I know some blog have has affiliate programs that they're a member of but I was like obviously working to make some of them able to do that and I probably wouldn't have wanted to anyway but mm. um about making money and I think most
2: are mm. bloggers who sort of we read and then we write about the books we read and then we go and
1: read some more
2: like there's no money in that but it's just like, like it's just a passion I guess
1: that Yeah. it doesn't matter it's not ever going to be a full time job but it keeps
0: you staying while you go and have your full Yeah <laughs> exactly yeah I think that's a really good way to look at it yeah <laughs> oh, awesome um well Caitlin um is going to come up with a little would you rather Game today, okay. Would you rather not work in publishing but be able to read everything you want or never be able to read for fun again and work in publishing? Oh,
1: oh god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good question, Michelle. <laughs> that is what do you unreal. think? <laughs> um I think I would forego the
2: publishing
1: career.
0: This so you able still to going enjoy book? books.
1: That's yeah. So depressing. Um, you still get yeah, to read I, new books though. This is true. No, I think I would. I think that I would probably take the read whatever I want, but
2: not work publishing publishing. I just,
1: just have permission to think it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but no. That's know, right. This is a I pretty drastic situation. Yeah. It's
0: okay. I always get yeah. super anxious, so I'm like, oh my gosh, what if that happens and I can never go online again? Oh! <laughs> 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 oh I get so much into much. it. Mm. And so you just
2: wonder, every time they bring out a new book, you're like, is this the last one ever, I'm ever going to read from them? Like, you know, and it's really scary to think that, that sort of
0: thing you might never be able to read
1: anything new again. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I can't cope. Oh, my God. I've never thought of that before. Now you've just, like, instilled this huge fear in me.
0: Oh, my <laughs> this God. Is, this is a fear I live with, though. As Caitlin keeps reminding me, I'm going to see Paul McCartney. Oh in December and she's oh, like and I was oh thank you I'm so excited but I was like oh you know this is this is like my one chance um I'm so excited and Kate's like yeah well you're probably not gonna see him again are you and I was like I might and then I was like actually I was like I'm sorry let's be a bit realistic like, no but the, the worst bit about that is Paul McCartney is actually younger than my dad so I was like Caitlin no. like <laughs> just chill out on the everyone's gonna die thing I
1: didn't mean he was gonna die I meant like you know like
0: Last, hang in there, hang in there,
1: Paul! Hurrah! Like you know, I mean, he's allowed to retire before he dies. And he
0: might never travel. You know. I know. Exactly. Yeah, he doesn't. True. He's not.
1: He's obviously not Australian. He's
0: British. So, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Unless you but I was travel just like that. wow, Caitlin. Yeah. I mean, I know he's older, but just, ooh, <laughs> I Sorry. think he's still got lots of energy. I mean. I feel like people like that, though, and, like, the Rolling Stones, it's just so hard to imagine a world without them. I know. I don't want to imagine that. No. Because, like, no 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 one was ready ready for David Bowie. and George Michael. Oh, 2016 was such a horrible year. It really was. Which is funny because, like, we need to put our favourite authors in a cocoon and keep them safe. Yeah, just keep them safe. With Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god! I can't believe I've never thought about that before. Now I'm like so scared. <laughs> Actually, I don't think you think
2: about it until you see what one of your
1: favorite authors
2: looks like. Okay,
1: if they're mm. older, what
2: they look like now. And it happened to me at BEA because um,
0: Stephen King was a guest at one of the breakfasts. Yeah, that's um, so cool. And that's really cool. He it was pretty awesome, but he turned seventy this year. Wow! Um, and you're just like, what? How did that happen? um yeah. and I haven't.
2: In my mind, I was
1: like, "This is the last one we're ever going to get," and, and then I panicked. And like, this too upsetting to think about. Wow! Yeah. <gasps> Jeez. That wow. Is a bit... God, that's so weird, isn't it? Whatever, like, an awful conversation topic to bring up. Way to go, point oh. oh, that's alright. No, all right. that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> alright. Okay. That's alright. Just end on a slightly happy <laughs> note. That's all right. I so, mean, the point is, is that you know we don't want it to be the last read. We don't want it to be the last, you know, time we see them perform, like whatever it is. The point is, is that we're sad about it. So that's okay.
0: Yeah.
2: For sure. And I mean, if it's what makes you sad, then you
0: obviously love them and keep going and that's really nice. And I mean, just like, okay, I know we're trying to lift it up, but just to be a bit of a Debbie Downer, um, they can be any age and be killed by someone like John Lennon was. So, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter necessarily. Life's precious, everybody. Live your <laughs> life to the really fullest. Really
1: Yay, Yay! Live your best <laughs> life. <laughs> exactly. And read the book that make you happy. Don't
0: exactly. Don't things. because someone tells you, you should read them. Caitlin, this oh. is why I mark books as do not finish, and we have this argument all oh, the time. All right. But, like, life is too short for bad books. So... That yeah, yes, should be on a T-shirt or something, and I'm sure it probably is, but we should all wear it. Yes. yes. Definitely. Yep, yeah. yeah, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> if all not, right. that's your first bit of book, um, Better Words bookish merch yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us Tenille. Um, where can people find you if they want to follow you Um, so I am on both Twitter
2: and Instagram not with my blog name but with my name um, Tenille Helena so that's T-O-N-I-L-E-H-E-L-E-N-A I
1: don't know why I sound confused like. I should know how to spell my name <laughs> oh my um, god I hate yeah. that I do that all the time <laughs> yeah. when people say how old are you like yeah, how are you am I? <laughs> <laughs> My
2: blog's name is Mike Hopkins, so I always like talking with people about books. Um, I live and breathe them and, and would
0: love to have more people to talk to. Excellent. Yay. Guys, go follow Taniel. Wonderful. <laughs> thank, thank you so much, you for, so joining much
1: for joining us. Thank you for listening to Better Words. If you enjoyed this episode, please go subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also remember to follow us on social media at Better Words Pod and check out our website, betterwordspodcast.com. Thank you.